is to keep you contacted with what's going on in Israel, give you insight behind the headlines. I'm your host, Michael Unterberg, here as always with co-host Alan Goldman. How's it going, Alan? It's going pretty good. Actually, it's going great. We're in maybe one of the most beautiful places in Israel, Ashkelon, right on the beach. It's actually quite I hate, beautiful. I hate to rate. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what I said. What do I say? That. Yeah. Why not? That. That's true. I live in one of the most beautiful places also, and Emma so I'm, I'm terrible. <laughs> at, my kids know. They go, Abba, what's your top five, whatever? And I'm like, I can't. I can't rank. Uh, we're also here this week again with producer Matt. How's it going, Matt? It's going great, also. Very happy to be in Ashkelon. Uh, and Matt has set us up this week with an interesting interview that I think uh, is going to be enlightening for a number of reasons, but also hopefully give us some insight um, into current events, unfortunately. And particularly southern Israel. In the south of Israel, yeah. We're here in southwest. Ashkelon today in the southwest. Right. Yeah. yeah, we're not in Eilat. We're, we're not by the exactly. Jet Sea. We're by the Mediterranean. Okay. So, Matt, would you introduce our uh, guest this week? Of course. So, um, I'm very pleased to say that we're being joined this morning by Judy Spangler who is a clinical social worker. Judy's been working in the field for over 20 years, and she has three children and 18 grandchildren living in Sterot, and she works as well with um, kindergarten teachers and kindergarten children, helping them deal with the trauma that they experience going through um, the daily rocket attacks and the sirens, and she's going to talk to us about her work that she does with them. Okay. Thanks. Book your Good morning. First of all, you have a lovely apartment. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Come back in another few months and things might be a little different. Well, how long have you lived here? Just a year. Oh, wow. Right? So we're sort of just getting to feel the place, just like anybody who comes to somewhere new, coming to Israel, you know, and is also something you have to get the feel of the place. It's not like where right. I came from when I lived in Virginia or went to school in New York. Well, you've been living in Israel for how long? Since 1971. That's, That's a long time. Yeah. yeah, a few years, and <laughs> I've been working with trauma in different places since '75. So, wow. so where did you time. live right before coming to Ashkelon? Beersheba. Oh. We lived nice. in Beersheba for 35 years. Oh wow! So that's a big move. Yeah, and uh, we have we came because it was closer to Stay Road. Uh, mm-hmm. We have three children in Stay that live in Stay Road. And so we wanted to be closer to them, but to still be able to give them their space. And I love the ocean, and it was like a really good place to move and uh-huh. come here. People said to me, why are you going to Ashkelon? You know, you're so close to Gaza. And I said, well, we also get rockets that came to Beersheba. So what's the difference if a Grad missile comes to Beersheba or if it comes to Ashkelon? It's, yeah. it's pretty much the same. Right. Except you got the beach in Ashkelon. Except for I keep thinking, okay, when I walk on the beach, hmm, what am gonna, I going to do this? Where are you going to go? <laughs> no, well, I'm not going to go. I'm going to yeah. fall down the yeah, there ground much and put my, head on the, you know, my hands on my head and pray well, to but God. That's, that's yeah. true. I mean, it just, it's, a, it's a difference of... Frequency, because that'll happen if you're in a park in Jerusalem. Also, if the if the you still don't know what it grad missiles are. Grad missiles mm-hmm. don't come to parts Park. in Jerusalem. Yet. No, but there are <laughs> they have Iranian missiles that reach. There are seven they domes have them that could possibly come, but there have not been missiles that have been landing right. in Jerusalem. Right. So that's saying that experience so, so of that hearing experience the So that experience is a really rocket, different right. kind of experience. I lived in Jerusalem during the Yom Kippur War. I lived, you know, through different wars already. In 2014, in a, I was in a park in Jerusalem, and the Tseva Dome, the, the red alert goes off, and right. you're in a park. 
Yeah, but the red alert doesn't kill you. Right. It only helps you to be prepared right. to mm-hmm. save yourself. But when a grad falls next to you or next to your home or it hurts your home or you have children outside um, and you hear Tseba Adom and then you have you know, the red alert and then all of a sudden you have to say, oh my God, where are my kids? Right, right. Or you're taking, as my daughter has said, to Sean Hannity? Hannity? Yeah. Fox News. On Fox News? She said to him, she said, what do I do when I have five children in the car and they all have seatbelts on and a And you have 15 alert, seconds. And you have 15 seconds to save them. Which one do I take out? What do I do? And what, what right. does she do? I mean, how does she deal with that situation? Well, the ones that can get out, get out on their own. And she does the best she can. I assume the older ones help the younger ones also. I had a... um, Pretty well We did a group. Unfortunately. You know, I knew that I had tools that I could help people, and I saw that there was a group of people that stayed in Stayrot, friends of my children, at the... During 2008, when there were many times, there were 40 rockets a day. Mm -hmm. All right? And so it scared me to be in Beersheba and not to know what was happening with my children. So my grandchildren would call and say, can you come and give me a hug? And I ran to to Stay Road to be with my kids. But then I used to see their friends. And I would tell a social worker there, if you need something, let me know. And... After that, I realized how many of the people did not know how to help themselves and to keep the level of anxiety or even activation in their nervous systems down to a way that they could continue to function. And so we had groups, the organization that I founded, we offered... What's it called? Connections and Links from Trauma to Resilience. And we had groups of women that we offered, offered the community. And we did it first by saying we would like to interview people. We interviewed 40 women, and we asked them, what makes you stay in Stay Road? How do you stay here? What are the things that are helping you? Great question. And they said... This is the first time anybody ever asked us about us. They got personal with us. People would give them toys. They would send them all kinds of candies for their kids. They would send, help them get which to is nice. Of the, it's which a, is wonderful. And good, yeah. Would send them, you know, out to take a breather in a lot or wherever. But nobody asked them how they were continuing to be there. And after we did this, and we saw what their natural resources are and what was missing then we had groups we had two groups of women who would come and in the middle of the groups in the evening they left their children they left with their husbands their husbands would send them out because they were starting to to be able to deal with things better a year after the groups one of the women said you know I have 12 children Wow. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Yeah. All right. What does she <laughs> and, do with this situation? Yeah. Wait, and she said that before the what we how we trained her, she would be in a park. There would be you know red alert. She would hear the siren and she would freeze. Wow. She didn't know what to do. 
Well, it's understandable. She automatically, because when there's a some sort it's of overwhelming, a, it's overwhelming, and when there's a threat that's overwhelming, we instinctually react. We right. either run, we fight, or we freeze. And everybody has a different system. They do what's best for them, and you mm-hmm. can't judge it. You shouldn't judge it, and they shouldn't judge them themselves. But what but if it's twelve different impulses right. at once? All right. So, but what? What happened to her was after they went through a workshop of eight meetings with us, she said she learned how to help herself. And then a year later, within the year, there was one red alert. And she said at that time, that was a test for her. She heard it, and she left. She was with three children. She had a baby in a carriage and two twins on each side of the carriage that were three years old. She picked up the almost three-year-old children, and she left the carriage, and she ran to a shelter. She said, and she, she, was, she said, I hope you don't judge me. She said, but I knew I couldn't do for all three of them, so I took the ones that would not feel abandoned by me, wow. and I took them to the shelter, and I prayed that God was going to send somebody would see a carriage and they would push it to a shelter and that's what happened. Wow. So, I mean, that for me made it worth doing everything we had done. You know, and there were many other stories but that was the one that sticks out with me, you know, for me because it was was really oh, that's a not, that she, not that that was a right or a wrong decision, no, but that she but felt she that felt she, she did what was right. First of all, she, well, she was empowered, her, empowered her to act. She right. was to make able a decision. to act, and she was not still stuck. Right, right. She wasn't in a freeze. She was right. able to do something. Right, and you know, knowing that we can do something is one of the biggest gifts that we can give somebody. Right. Right. You know that we can have. You know, it doesn't matter. I tell people now. I said when they're scared about the the kites. What, you know, what do we do, or right. how do we... I said, you know, do whatever your heart tells you. Well, Alan, can you Judy's explain refer- about that? Yeah. Judy's referencing that there's a, a new method of attack that has been... Of terror. Thank yes. you, of terror attack that's been uh, incorporated now, which is to fly kites or balloons with uh, Molotov cocktails on them. Molotov cocktails, remember, kind of like a, uh, a burning bottle. Say, uh, they're incendiary yeah, devices. Yeah, they're, they're, incendiary arson, they're arson devices. Yeah. It's floating arson And they devices. fly them from Gaza into the fields uh, in Israel and are burning thousands of dunams of land. But um, they're not just burning land. Uh, right. Okay? <laughs> they, number one, they're burning people's income. Mm-hmm. Right. There, you know, when a um, a field is, of wheat is there, you can't. I'm learning this from my clients. Yeah. You, you can't just say, "Okay, let's take it in now before right. it's ready." You sure. can't do that. So what means is they have to wait for the for the crop, the crop to, be ready. to be ready. And then, thank you for the English. <laughs> and then afterwards, if that's burned, so it could be also some. All of the um, irrigation the has irrigation, been damaged for something for something yeah, else. Something which else, maybe the tractors, the whatever, other, all the equipment, else. all the infrastructure. All right, those are the places that are on the fields. Right. But you know, the fields also have people working there, right. and it's people's livelihood. People's livelihood. But it's not just that. I was driving to work near uh, Nitivot, which is a town in right. southwest on the. On the Gaza Belt, right. um, famous for the Babasali. 
right, mm-hmm. okay, if you know about him. Yeah. Um, well, his grave is there. Okay. It's, a, it's a big Mizrahi I work in a resilience center to help people who have been affected by um, the security situation, that right. their lives have just been shattered. Um, and so on my way, I went past, on right next to Kibbutz Saad, which... I, you know, I lived there for two part, years. Okay, so <laughs> right near there, all of a sudden, on the side of, next to the side of the road, I see a fire. Right. And, you know, I said, oh, my God, this is just like being in Tsukaitan again. I, in oper- Operation so Protective, Protective Edge. Edge. In 2014. In 2014, I was working there also, and I have a, you know, a card that I'm allowed to go up to the to the border when other people weren't allowed to go in I was driving around with the tanks right. you know and because you were providing because mental I'm health providing services mental health services and so but when I was driving just 2 weeks ago all of a sudden this fire right. started to go up in the field and 2 seconds later from the other side of the street like volunteers or whatever just started going across the street and then there was a fire engine from Ashkelon that had come and I heard that it was hours before they were actually able to put it out. Right. Um, yesterday, yesterday, yeah. yesterday um, right, n- actually, this is not just cities, you know, and not just the fields. Oops. It's yeah. getting already close to to towns, to, towns, to the schools, the kibbutzim. There, there was a teacher, I was told by pa- a parent that the teacher took the children to see the fields that were burned. And I said, oh my gosh. Why, know, were they, why were they doing that? I don't have no idea. I told the mother she should ask the teacher. Right. But I you think, think that was a good idea or a bad idea? I think it was not a good idea. However, I don't context know. A little bit more, but, you know, but I don't know what the, what the children were saying. Right. It could right. be that the teacher saw that the kids were so upset. And this demystified and, 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 and they it took the fear to, out. She right. wanted to show them, Any look, context, it's, uh, it's, you know, okay. Right. Now, where were these children coming from? From the from the from the, diff- the area, mm-hmm. from the area of that uh, school. Um, some of them didn't even know about it. Like the mother of wow. this child, they live in another um, place, another settlement that. Uh, you they know, don't it's funny. Have that, it's so, funny because you know, it's, it's not as dramatic a situation as that mother with twelve kids who got frozen. But this teacher is also caught in a terrible oh, no-win no scenario. Yeah. It's, it's, know, an, it's teachers, another form of trauma. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it, no, it's, trauma. it's the same. I hate to say it, but it's the same thing. All of these people never know when it's going to be a rocket, hmm. when it's going to be a Molotov okay. cocktail, which could, you know, people don't live a good life if they live. After they have been in a fire, right. there was a, somebody else that told me that it hit their windshield. Right. Wow. Let me tell you, I am scared of going back on that road right. now. I'm not going to go right. there if I don't have so, to. They're traumatized. You know, traumatized. It, it's it's not a nice thing. You want to avoid things you don't have to do. You have right. to be careful. It's really a problem you know, because I think, and I think we were talking about this before we started recording. I think people, even in Israel, but certainly out of Israel, have this feeling like, oh. Thank God that the, that the Iron Dome is working. We're keeping the terrorists from Gaza can't do damage. They're doing enormous. First of all, there's a lot of ga- damage being done now as well. The Iron Dome is very scary. It is a huge it's a boom. noise. Boom. It's a huge noise. My grandchildren, one day in Stay Road, were um, 
playing in the backyard, and one of them, who now is eight, so that means in 2014 he was like, say, four, and he was outside, and all of a sudden the Iron Dome went off. Right. He thought it was a lion. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was, his That's mother, scary. you know, it was, he was petrified. Right. I have grandchildren who have all kinds of different symptoms or have had them in the past um, because, look, one child can be, you know, affected, another one not as much, and you never know when. That's the bad thing about trauma. It's in the body. So when there's an overwhelm, some people can handle a little bit. And then you can handle a little bit more. And then you can handle even a little more. But then afterwards, boom, it's too much, too fast, too soon, or there's an accumulation of it all, and then... Uh, it comes out. It comes and there's out. no way to know before that. you don't know. You can't know. I mean, so. the iron domes are so loud. I mean, we hear them 40 kilometers away. Yeah. So it, it's... A, it's a, uh, it's very, very it's, in loud. In itself, it's, it's traumatizing. Yeah, it's a rocket. Yeah, it's a rocket. It's a rocket, and you know, you hear all of that. It does help. To, you know, it's it's wonderful. It saves lives. Right, right. It's. It, I'm not Obviously. saying it's right. you know good. No, no, no we're it's, not complaining it, about you know, the lives. We're not complaining that we have it, but I'm saying that it's still a very tra- traumatic kind of an existence. Right. Um, and trauma being something which is not necessarily in the event, but how our nervous system handles it. And, you, you know, when there's accumulated trauma, overwhelming, you know, uh, events that are too much, too fast, too soon, mm-hmm. uh, then it, our whole system is different. And it can affect our relationships. It can affect how we function in, in our work, uh, you know, ethics. It can affect everything. <laughs> Who we are. So, uh, so can, I, can I ask you about what, what we would call, I'm putting the, my fingers up to make it look like quotes, uh, uh-huh. the calm times. The times we see, like we've talked a little bit about, you know, those times when it's, you know, the rockets are going off and everybody's uh-huh. paying attention and there's right. lots, of, right. lots of resources flowing down here, whether they be right. toys or people right. or that. Like what about the calm times? How does it affect life down here in the South? In certain ways, life goes on. People are resilient. Our nature, I think that, you know, either our nature or God or however people want to look at our existence, I think we have been blessed that we're resilient. Most people are resilient. Many people are resilient. And so they continue to do all the things they would have done, some of them, if they were living somewhere else. So is your job to sort of help people access that? My job is to, number one, help people to get over the trauma. And number two, I um, founded the the non-profit organization that I have in order to help to prevent, for people to learn how to deal with things that are too much for them, stress or whatever, and in the everyday life so that their system is able to handle more when there's something else. Right. Um, so, you know, it's... Um, then there are many of children and there are many people that have been traumatized when, during one of the, you know, different um, wars that we've had in this part of the country. So it happened once. But, and say there's two years of quiet 
but it's still in their system. Mm-hmm, right. Some systems are able to take more, and they almost function, or they function to a certain degree. But as soon as they hear a, you know, some a loudspeaker go off, or they right. hear a door, boom, close, they're shattered. They're always walking on eggshells. They're always, always walking on eggshells, and that means children, bedwetting. Right. Um, not being able to concentrate. There's a tremendous amount of, which some people would say ADHD, but I think there's a lot of activation in nervous systems of not only uh, children, but also adults. Uh, Well, you think about like a gazelle, it's always ready to jump. Exactly. So once your nervous system is trained to always be ready to jump, that's going to have, you're going to be like a... gazelle doesn't have... What we have, we don't. The gazelle doesn't have the uh, neocortex. It doesn't have that part of the brain which we think or we have language. So a gazelle is not after the uh, tiger sees that she's fallen because he's almost gotten to her, and then he thinks it's dead meat. So he goes away, and then what does she do? As soon as she senses that he left her. He shakes out, mm-hmm. and he lets all of that energy that he had for to continue to run leave his body. He gets up; he's not traumatized. It doesn't carry on. No, it doesn't carry on. He can have the same thing happen to him seven times a day, eight times a day, no problem. You do that to a, an, a, a, a human, human being, and that's a whole different story. And he said, and, in, 40, and people, "In forty times people, a day in two thousand eight, right?" right. So, and then people are, you know, they're embarrassed. You know, one mo- woman said to me, I ran underneath a table when I didn't have a, um, a sheltered room in her house. She said, I have no, what does this say about my faith? She was a religious mm-hmm. lady, and why am I running? I said, because that's the instinct that God gave to you to help to save yeah. yourself. It's yeah. okay, but people don't know about trauma. Right. They don't know what our instincts are about. They don't know what the reactions are. People don't realize that after... Um, a bomb falls near them and they are just frozen that if afterwards they shake out they start shaking that they don't need really always to go to the hospital there was once a girl that did uh, national service and a bomb fell in the parking lot next to their house and she was really you know in bad shape and somebody asked me I mean I had called them, told them I was in town, and I went over to work with her, and she started shaking, and she got really scared, and she wanted to stay So, yeah, we're good. I, I, I don't want to diminish what you do, because obviously what you do is very complex, but can you explain sort of, so what you're calling now education, where you explain to people the psychological process, right. is that... that is It that makes them feel that, okay, I'm, what's happening to me is normal. Because most people don't realize what happens to, you know, they don't know what's going to happen if I have a traumatic reaction. We're not taught that normally. Right. Yeah, Knowledge is empowering. You know, but once you know something, then okay, I'm like everybody else. People, this is what people do. It's a stage which is already safe. This is good. It's part of the healing. Oh, okay. So I don't mind if I continue to so, shake. So how much of what you do is education? How much is training? I, I mean, it must be both. it must be seamless, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a 
some of this, some of that, mm-hmm. and you know. And can I? Would it be appropriate to ask, like, sort of, what some of the training is? I know it's very regular hot, like we don't. Right. I, what you do is very big and complex. I, I, but can you give us some I sense? Them, I teach people, you know, how to use their body because trauma is stored in the body. So if we want to give have an antidote, so we want to use the body, and the body is really the place to get rid of that horrible feeling, that sensation that something's wrong with me. You know, and that's the thing that's the scariest. You know, if that we some of the therapeutic work is physical, it's, it's physical. It's like okay, let's if you want, let's just sit down and feel how your back feels support. Just notice what's happening. You don't have to do anything. Notice how it is to feel both feet feet on the ground, and to have the have the support of the ground at the bottom of your feet. And when you feel the support, what happens? When you feel the air on your skin, on your face, when you just sense the, um, your glasses on your face or where your, feel, where your uh, clothes are, just notice what happens to your breath. Does it get faster? Does it get slower? A little bit. A little bit. Okay. So that means your system is able to react to something which is soothing. And you can do that for yourself. And if you just put your hands on your chest and on your stomach, if you are For our listeners, we're actually doing this as as Judy's experiment. As we're doing it. So as you just do that... Wait till we get Judy's bill. (laughs) Then, Then just notice what happens. You know, um, many people who have a, a really fast or strong heartbeat, if they tell me that from 1 to 10, it's 10, 15 or 20, then I say, okay, let's just see how long it's going to take for it to go a little bit lower. And once your system starts to react to that, then your brain is going to get that information and it's just going to continue to go down. It's like a feedback so, loop. It's kind of a consciousness of what your body is. And it's a, a really a lot of uh, mindfulness, mindfulness of right. what's, what's happening. Using a, um, a term that Eugene Genlin coined, which is a felt sense. You know, you have a felt sense. It's not coming from necessarily... Now, you notice now I started to explain and my voice became different. Mm. The tone of my voice when I did work softer because I talk to a different part of the brain. Mm. When we talk to the brain stem where the sensations are and that's where our reactions to overwhelming events is, then we need to talk to it soothingly. Um, can I, I'd okay. like to ask you a question. Sure. Oh, sorry. You, okay. you, oh, um, you mentioned before that some of your, or at the beginning your groups were for women. Mm-hmm. Um, do you work with men as well? Because I feel like there might be this kind of yes. um, what do you call it? Um, stigma, right? Oh, right. I'm a man. I have to be right. tough. No, no. I work with men. I found often. Um, I find that men have a harder time coming to groups to talk about I, this. I can imagine. Um, so interested so, to hear what you so do with them. often. Really, do you think Israeli men are like into being macho? Or is that <laughs> a- I think that um, I've worked with many men. Um, Some 
whose wives were in my groups, and then they had questions, and I always made a house call. Um, and I've had, you know, people who are very, very well respected, who you know, ask why did this, why did, why did I do this, and and not that, you know. Mm. Before I used to drive down the streets and stay road, and I would hear red alert, and I kept driving, no big deal. Mm-hmm. He says, but now I get out of the car, I stop the car, I get out, and I run. <laughs> why do I do that now? I said, well, I guess you got smart. <laughs> you know, I've noticed that reaction of so many Israelis who just ignore the red alert. But, you know, that is just stupid. But what is it? Uh, is why, it? why are they stupid? I think that it's part of a, you know, I think, I don't it's think a it's a lot. It's a coping In this mechanism. area now. No, not in the South. Yeah. In this area now, people have learned it saves lives. Right. To be in a, to listen to what the, um, instructions. the instructions that they've received from the, uh, you know, the army or whatever, the Pikuda, or, or if, what is that in the, the home front, uh, homeland, homeland uh, security, homeland, homeland. the security yeah. instructions. So even people that don't have a uh, sheltered room in their homes, they, I always tell them, I say, go to the wall that you've been instructed to go to. Mm-hmm. It's important. And then I teach them other things to do while they're there so they can have a sensation that of, okay, I'm going to be okay. Under a staircase, there's always a something. Right, there's something there, and I've and until now, people have not been killed when they did what they were told to do. Because right, if I remember so, correctly, during the last in 2014, there were people that decided they wanted to to right. watch the Iron Dome and almost right. like a fireworks display. In, in uh, and Kiryat Malachi, and, and somebody killed. was killed. Yeah. Yeah. So therefore, I always tell people, you know, you can be a smart aleck, you can think you know how to do everything. And you want to take chances, but just know what your chances are. Then you do what you want to do. I, right. you know, but for your children, if you have children, then you should, if you care about them, don't play around with your life. You know, it's just like driving a car. Yeah. It's the same right. thing. You know? Wearing seatbelts. So, when we grew up, we didn't wear seatbelts, right? And then, right. But now... You <laughs> Cars know, are much safer. So yeah. Yeah, sure. You have to be smart. I mean, you have to be smart. In Stay Road, after the... Um, Last week, when there was the red alerts a number of times, my daughter-in-law wrote on our family WhatsApp, um, well, I guess we have to deba- debate now whether we put seatbelts on or not. Mm. Right. Because, what, you know... What's that debate? Going back to the car, when they're yeah, in the car. When they're in the car with little children, you know, when you start to unbuckle the seatbelts, you use a couple seconds. Right. Yeah, and when you have fifteen seconds, that is that's a lot of time. Very, very uh, precious time. Uh, precious and the instruction time. of the car is right. to get a, a distance from the car because you right. don't want to be near a flammable. Right. right. So you're so you're basically you know you're doing your you know risk analysis. What's a greater risk? Of, exactly. Of wearing a seatbelt or 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 right. not? Or do you Even take more? your dog, as she said, or is it a, how far can you take your dog for a walk around outside? Yeah. Right. You know, are you? So don't forget when we're talking last we- last Wednesday, I believe it was. We're yeah. talking about over a hundred red alerts in, in a twenty-four yeah, hour period. Yes. So it was crazy. I mean that that that's that's intense. Which um, I still don't understand. That's a new intense. tactic. That's a new weird thing. It when they were very, very heavy, very a day of very one day of very heavy is very strange. It yeah. was it was it was not a good scene. Okay, I'll, I'll bet. I'll bet. It was not a good scene. How, how, and what, what does it do to you? I mean, we're talking a lot to about me, your... But um, what about... I mean, that must, like, set off a, a million... For me, it's not easy mm-hmm. either. Yeah. I'm not saying it's easy for me. I um, I used to have, you know, the 
an app with you know the red alert mm -hmm. um, in different places that would go off. Now I only I don't have any go off. I have it on my phone. So I can look every once in a while if I know things are supposed right. to be happening just to see, okay, where my kids are. But it doesn't notify you in real time. But it doesn't notify me because uh, I don't want to, I don't, I can't sleep at night if right. I'm always listening to what's going on all over the South. Right. I'll never be able to sleep. If I can't sleep, right. then I'm not good the next You're day. I need to, to sleep, you right. know. I'm it's funny because I wonder if people who do what you do, like, to a certain extent, there's a clinical distance. Oh, no. So, but but there that means you're not dealing with your trauma. own. No, no, no. There is what they call in professional language vicarious trauma or secondary trauma. It's something which is built in, and I think that maybe one of the reasons that I do the kind of work that I do, working with the body, is I know how to get part of it out of my system on myself. Right. So when I work with somebody else. It also uh, leaves me. Right. And uh, my last so, time I called it, you know that the Tom Hanks movie, The Green Mile, about that man right. who absorbs other people's. Right, right. That's what people in your profession right. do. Right. You end right. up, right. you have your right. own, and you have so absorbed. Right. It's the empathy. And, uh, right. So, and what can you do? Women are a lot of times empathetic. Yeah. People that go to these kind of professions have part, that as part right. of their DNA, and then uh you know, how right. do I deal with it? And uh, I give workshops also for professionals right. on how to deal with what you're, what you're going through. How wide is, just geographically, the range where people are affected by this? Because I think, especially in the English-speaking world, we hear about stay road a lot, right. and that's sort of become the symbol. But okay. if you live in the South... If you live in the, in the area of um, seven kilometers up to seven kilometers from the border. It's called the envelope. That's, that's the first you know, stage. And then there's a little wider. You add another 10 kilometers. Right, 15 kilometers. 15 kilometers, you know. So, like, you go a little... It goes wider and wider, but it can go as far as um, Beersheba, Ashkelon. It could go to Kiryat Malachi, which how far is that? I don't know you... Kirkot well, Mafia is probably about probably 20 six, kilometers, 25 uh, kilometers. I think. It's, I think it's a little farther. Um, I've, I've family must have been stopped today. Also. All right, here yeah. from there is about 30, 35, I think. Right. So, right. you know, and it can be far. Well, I'm 38 so. kilometers from Gaza. I'm up okay. in, uh, by Beit Kuvrin. Uh, okay. And, All right. I mean, my daughter goes into. Like last Wednesday into mode, right? You know, we right. do too a little bit. Uh, I mean, again, not the same. It's a different. You know, the farther and I think people away all over Israel are, in some ways. Mm -hmm. You know, the farther away you are, the ease, the less your system is, you know, absorbs. But you know, even, Look, I'll be but, but when you watch too much television. Right. When you read too many papers yeah. and you listen That's us. too much, <laughs> He's talking no, about us. then that yeah. also is traumatic. I've done yeah. workshops with journalists, huh. yeah. um, and actually, I was at a workshop for Palestinian and Israeli journalists together a number of years ago um, to work with them, so they could also see how much their own trauma affects how they are reporting the news. Mm-hmm. Um, It'll skew how you... It, how you deal with it, yeah. you know, and I think that that's just normal. We're it's human. all human. 
so. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I mean, I, you know, when, when things go up in the Golan. Sure. Right? Go up in the sure. Golan. Well, in the that, north, yeah. That, mm-hmm. that I'm saying, brings us down here. Even uh, sure. us are very yeah, far but I relate to what Judy's saying, because yeah. I live, how Gush is, yeah, yeah. how far am I? Uh, I don't know. We, we almost never have alerts. But, but when, in 2014, when we had alerts, it's unnerving. Right. But it's also a little bit exciting. And the whole family, and you laugh, and you make jokes to alleviate. Right. And then you go on with your day. And 2014 was like the worst one. Yeah. Right. But, you know, we all have our own challenges yeah. with yeah. our neighbors. Right. Yeah. And, and that's just, it's a challenge. Somebody else that interviewed me. And I had one of my clients who had a grad fall in his yard, and he was totally shattered. But today, after five years of coming almost every week to therapy, and this is a young man, he's getting out of it, but he's still not able to have a full day's work. Right. Wow. He was in a really... Right. uh, He's a very, very good well, professional. Well, I'm going to ask the question. So, it's a little bit of a different... Right, and oh, he, he yeah. was asked um, if he had a chance to talk to the guy who sent that rod missile into his yard. Right. What would he do? And? And he said, if he wants to talk to me, I'll talk to him. <laughs> and then they asked, well, how, how are you... He said, look, we, we used to work together. Right. I, as a teenager, we worked in the fields together. My father and his father worked together. They came to my house, I came to their house. Right. This is a n- relatively newer existence, Right. this whole business that's going well, on. Well, more or less since Oslo. Well, <laughs> since whatever. The I'm not yeah. saying what. Not politically, I'm not getting but yeah. political, but, but what I'm saying is that I think that there are many, many people who would want to give a chance right. to, you know... Finding a way of living together, right? And as that's also that, just so, human. That is human too. Yeah. So it's human to be angry and to want to fight. It's also human because you feel traumatized and you feel threatened. It's also human to want to try to find a way. Right. And I once was at a um, conference for trauma specialists in Europe. I gave a paper about our, the work we do, and I'm, a Palestinian came over to me, and I said to him, look, I'm working with children. You have kids who live maybe 10 kilometers from my grandchildren. Let's do a project together. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, are you kidding? He said, they'll kill me if they find out I talk to you. Yeah. Look, so, I've, been, I've, been in, so. I've been in bomb shelters with Arabs. I, you know, and, and it's a my, very strange my feeling. My son uh, works in the intensive care unit in Soroka for children, mm-hmm. and his, one of his best friends there is is a an Arab from Jerusalem. Yeah, and and they are really really good friends. And they they, they I, I feel like they don't feel totally connected to the people in Gaza. They feel like that's another. I don't know about that. I just know that you know if you want to make connection, you can make mm-hmm. connection. Sure. And and we have to have somebody who's going to want to make connection with us and not give up. That's my 
my own personal feeling. One day. It's, one day. It's I, I want to ask a question which is a little bit of a different kivun, if it's possible. Sure. Direction. A direction, sorry, direction. Which is, going back to this um, uh, man who hasn't worked in five years a right. full day yet. Right. What kind of um, support is he getting from the state, financial or he other gets, resources? Or you know, like, is there, is there, does he there have? Is, is there someone back small, there, or is, there is, some, it, or is he going to small disability. amount? It's yeah. a small amount, relatively speaking. Right. When you think of all that he's losing and what his whole life is going possibly could be like, um, it's only a very small amount. The national security system here right. is not that. Um, developed that it gives so much he's getting his the full amount he's also getting the therapy paid for right but my god right, <laughs> no, yeah. why not it's I not, mean he yeah. didn't do anything he has a family him. or he has he has uh, four children so what what do they do how do they survive like financially and well he's between his, he works what he works and a little bit more and his wife works and, uh, and a some amount of disability and, and, coverage. And a little bit of disability coverage. Not a lot, but a little bit. And um, they continue. And that's, that's not a... It's, not a it, it's a very complicated situation, the whole business. Yep. It's much, much more... Um, spreads out much more. It covers mm-hmm. so much more. It's ripples. Mm-hmm. It, it does. It ripples. In other words, back to Mike, as Mike said before, well, everybody hears, the, oh, thank God we have the Iron Dome. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank God. But. Yes. Thank and God, it, and but. that is a tremendous right? thing. Right. Yeah. But, 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 but it's not the end. It's not the end. And, and people's lives are, by the way, years. Yeah, I'll tell you something crazy that happened to me in yeah. State Road. I was at a restaurant and the waitress said, oh, you're not from here. Where are you from? I said, I live in Gush <gasps> Isn't that hard? I said, what are you talking about? Well, the terror attacks and it's so many. I'm like, <laughs> you live in Stay Road. She's like, no, no, that's... It's also, you, you have this weird <laughs> sense of... What's Everybody familiar. is scared of something that they don't know about. Yeah. Like, you know, I have a cousin that's going to be coming to visit in Israel in another couple of weeks, and she, her husband has never been here before. Wow. And, you know, and I invited them to stay with us for the weekend, and I hope that they'll continue. They will come. Yeah. You know, everybody yeah, has something has which normal. they can do and which they can't right. do. Right. I have their areas in this country where if I am invited to go, if it's not for a very close family simcha, fam, you know, a, an event, I'm not saying I'm going to go everywhere. Right. You're self-aware of your own. Because there, there are certain areas which I feel, okay, I have a commitment to and there are certain things I'm doing and I do put myself at risk, but there are other places where I don't have to, and I have to sort of help myself to balance things out. And that's also, and, you would say, not a right or a wrong. That's a judgment no, that's you make. Your that's something that I have decided for myself. That look, I give up certain time. That's part of the trauma. You avoid certain things, and I'm aware of that. But you know, if it's my nephew. And uh, Harbracha would have a, a bris, I'll go there. I, but if I have a friend that lives nearby there, I'm not so sure I'm going to go taking a trip there on my own. Risk yeah. assessment. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a matter of risk and what's important to me. Yeah. And we all do that. For sure. It's just how we spend our money or whatever. Right. It's triaging out decisions. That's life. We all make decisions, okay? Yeah. Well, I know, I, I, like, 
I don't know how to explain this. I actually feel like really calm. <laughs> like we're just, you're not even like coming to the so just talking to you. It's because your both feet are on the floor. That's why. Well, I do. I feel more settled. I feel like... Well, I tell you, I'm not a good person to try to get people to be overly activated because <laughs> I don't believe in that. So I can only tell you what I believe. And I can only be honest. And I think it's a an opportunity that our generation has to be able to be Jewish people and to live and to live and visit in this country people have waited for thousands of years to be able to do it for some somehow we've been lucky enough we were chosen to be here at this time and I certainly wouldn't want to scare anybody away I would try to keep them to be as safe as possible I wouldn't try to talk people into coming here but if they're willing to come and they want to come, open them with, uh, it with can be welcome. Done. And it can be done. Believe and boy, me, it can be done. You sure picked a beautiful piece of real estate for you to do it in terms of like <laughs> yeah. soothing and calming. Oh, that's it. Uh, yeah, it's like day, we built this know? neighborhood for you, you know? <laughs> cool ocean breeze. I that's want right. you to know this was the last apartment for sale <gasps> when we were thinking of coming on to Ashkelon. And then it just sort of worked for us. And I said, you know what? Thank God. Um, I would like to thank you very much for giving us your time this morning. To me, this has been very eye-opening, um, and I hope for our listeners also. And uh, thank you very much, and uh, continue doing all the important work that you're doing. So thank you. Thank you very thank much. Thank you so much. Thanks yeah, so much. really an inspiration. Thank you. Good. Thanks. Okay. Thanks. Bye, bye, everyone. Bye, bye, Mike. <laughs> bye, bye, Alan. If you would like to make a donation of any side to Connection and Links from Trauma to Resilience, you can go to the Israel Gives website and the link is provided on this podcast episode we hope you enjoyed this episode of jerusalem U, the israel teachers lounge podcast please feel free to subscribe through whichever service you use also come join us on the facebook page and ask us questions and keep up to date with what we're doing we love feedback also we would really appreciate it if you could take a few minutes and review and rate us on itunes or stitcher it would make a very big difference for us and you would earn our eternal gratitude. Thanks so much.